frustrating life, man. I, uh, <laughs> it is frustrating, man. Like, I'm, I'm 35 years old, and I, I came out last year. <laughs> That's funny to you, asshole. <laughs> Frustrating, man. You know, because like you, you see, like I'm just like a, I'm just a fucking bro, man. You know, and I came out. It was such an awkward transition because all my buddies were like just regular fucking dudes, and gay guys would would say, "Well, how, what was it like? Was it difficult?" Because for me, it wasn't difficult. I'm like, yeah, no shit, bro. Like when most gay dudes come out, they're fucking closet door see through. You can see right the fuck in, man. Like I'm out. No, no fucking kidding, bro. Why did you wait so long, man? Made it so awkward. Like I want, and that's what I want. I don't want fucking a gay dude. Like uh, I want, I want straight. I want guys. I wanted a guy who's so straight that after I hook up with him, he's ashamed of what just happened. Right? You know? Like I want him sitting on the edge of the bed contemplating suicide. Like oh, what the fuck did I just do? I'm like, oh, you just made me hard again. I'm like that's What's up, everybody? Welcome to Doing It with Will Conlon. I'm Will Conlon. Obviously, it's another Monday. It's another show. It's another Doing It show. Not another show. I shouldn't say it like that. That sounds like it's just just another show. This is not just another show. This is a great show. At the top, you heard my guest today, J.J. Lieberman, doing some of his stand-up. Very intense, very provocative, interesting, and very fucking funny. And we're going to be talking to him shortly. But first, I want to give a shout-out to Navin Ramsorn, who is on episode 16 of Doing It, talking about his film Chasing Amy. And it premiered yesterday in Toronto at the Royal Cinemas. It was a sold-out show, which is fantastic. And I got to go, and I got to watch this piece of art on the screen that obviously so much effort and, and time and love was poured into by Navin and his cast and his crew. It was fantastic. It was uh, it was very, very interesting. It was a very spellbinding movie, I found. You know, I I I, I got caught up in, in, in the story. I got caught up in the, the characters. It, it was great. So congratulations to Navin, and congratulations to the cast and crew. It was very well performed, very well uh, shot by uh, Bruce Harper, his, his um, cinematographer, and it was very well directed and written by Navin and his co-writer, who, whose name is slipping me, so I apologize to that kind man. Um, but yeah, congratulations, guys. It was fantastic. It's, it's been a weird week. It's been a, a very... Uh, I'm, I'm Somewhere around the middle of the week, I don't know what happened, my, my mood sort of, sort of shifted, you know, for no real reason except... I don't know. I got really frustrated. I've been working on, I'm pitching these two uh, shows. And, and so I'm working on, on some, some material for them. And maybe that's just it is that I, I, you know, I couldn't get the right words out. You know, I'm trying to, to, to make it interesting. And any writers out there know what I'm talking about, where you start writing and, and you have to wade through a pile of bullshit before you get to any sort of a, a crystallized idea 
that, that, that really expresses what you're going for. And, you know, I would start out writing thinking that, oh, this is going good. And then I get about 10 minutes in, half an hour in or an hour in and go, this, this is all shit. This is all just shit. And so I got frustrated. I come down on myself. And I, I do. Like, I come fucking down on myself. And I get mad. I get angry. And, um, and insecurities just start. And I've talked about this on the show before, the voices in my head that just are constantly reminding me, you know, <laughs> everyone's going to figure out that you suck one day. So it's just been a really trying week. And it, I, I think part of it is because for the last few months, at least since January, I've been going through this thing really kind of defining or redefining myself as an artist and and what it is I'm trying to put out there. Because, you know, as, as an artist of any form, you're, you're, you're constantly trying to express yourself and, and you're trying to find those ideas to express, like what, what you believe and how you feel about yourself, and you're trying to put those out into the universe, out into the ether, and and do it in an appropriate way. And I don't mean appropriate as in uh, PC. I mean appropriate as in it reflects truly who you are and what you believe. And it, and you'd think that'd be easy. You know, you just sit down and say, okay, who am I? What do I think? What do I believe? All right, here we go. But to to take those ideas and then to create some sort of context you know, that you can express these ideas, create a story or create a piece of music or, or a joke or some stand-up, um, painting, anything. It's, it's fucking hard. And I know this, and I know I'm not telling you anything you don't know if, if you're a, a fellow artist listening to this, but it never fails to surprise me how difficult that is and how frustrating the difficulty of that is. I, I don't know. So I'm, I'm kind of wading through that right now. And, and, and I'm, I'm getting there. It's, it's starting to take form, but it's just fucking frustrating. Which kind of brings me to my guest today, J.J. Lieberman. I saw this guy perform last February. I actually talked about this in the interview. I saw this guy perform last February when I went to see a couple of buddies of mine who were doing a show. And he was doing a spot, and it, it just blew me away. I mean, the, the authenticity, you know, that's the thing. In, when you're talking about stand-up these days, other than being very, very funny or fucking hilarious or however you want to describe a comic, a lot of comics throw words around like real, authentic, honest, edgy, and things like that. And, and they've almost become a, a commonplace sort of thing. It, it almost comes like the thing you say now. A lot of people say Louis C.K. is honest, real, and edgy. There's nothing wrong with those descriptions, but they don't seem big enough sometimes. And this is the, the, the problem I find describing J.J., is that he is all of those things. He is very real. He's very honest. He's very authentic. But there, there, there's something else that's very vivid about his, his delivery and his material. He takes you on a ride. And I guess this is what you really want to do as a comic, I think. You want to take, you know, life as you see it and the world as you see it and experience as you have it. And you put it through that mechanism that's in your brain and in your soul, I guess. And then you spit it back out. Very funny. And that's kind of, I think, the way the best comics work. You spit out all of that viewpoint and hopefully the, the audience is receiving it. And they're seeing a new way to look at something or a new way to look at, at, at life or just, you know, the same thing they've seen a million times 
And by making it funny, it sticks, right? Because jokes, if they're really funny, they stick in your head. And you start telling people the next day. And then before you know it, you've got a new idea about something that you never had before. And I, I, I think the best comics do that. They, they're very funny, but they make you think differently about certain subjects or certain themes or ideas or, or anything. It doesn't matter if it's politics, religion, sex, violence, um, airplane food. Who the fuck knows? But J.J. seems to have really tapped into how to do that. He's only been doing comedy three years. And, and he delivers it like he's been doing it for 20 and he writes it like he's been doing it for even longer. And I've, I've not seen anything like that. I've never seen a guy get that good that fast and be that real on stage about who he is. He came out not too long ago. And, you know, I, I even hate saying that because, I mean, this is very important, you know, obviously because he's having the experience of coming out uh, to his audience and stuff like that. But I don't want to make it sound like that this is this is the only part of him that's interesting. It's not. This guy has lived like three lives in a row. I swear. Like in his thirty-five years, it's like he's he's lived triple that. So I greatly admire him. And for a guy like me who's kind of trying to come into his own as an artist, to watch someone who's doing it so quickly and so it's it's almost like it's streamlined. Like he he's just got a direct link to exactly what he's trying to do and say that he can just tap into anytime he wants. And I admire that greatly. So anyway, so you're going to see what I'm talking about. Here's my uh, conversation with JJ. And then January 13, 2013 is when I really started. You know, that's when I would go out. January, I would go out. At first, I would go out. I met a kid from Ottawa, Kamar Hargadon. He moved here to do stand-up. Yeah. And I'd go out. I'd do the one set a week, uh, one set a night, and I'm like, man, I'm good, you know, I'm working yeah. hard. He's like, no, you gotta do two, three. And then I start doing two, three, and now all of a sudden I'm doing like 19 a week, 20 a week. Yeah, yours because you go every single night. Every night, man. Like last night, last night I did four on Monday. I did three, four on Tuesday because that's where I like to get the bulk of my stuff because come Wednesday, Thursday. That's when, like tonight, I'm gonna to be with y- I'm gonna be at Yucks, then I'm gonna do another one. So it's more of like the um, uh, generally Monday, Tuesday, I'm working on most of my stuff. That, yeah, you know, and then uh, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday is when the you put polished, it to the test. Yeah, yeah. You know, if I know if I go on Monday, and there's something uh, like right now, I'm working on a bit about death. <laughs> So, you know, it's full of laughs. Yeah, yeah. No, I just like how you said death, and then you just started laughing. Well, yeah, because I love because for 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 me, I think that you know you you see my comedy, it's oh, real. Yeah. There's yeah. nothing. I don't. Oh yeah. Yeah. There's nothing wacky or anything about it. It's like, <laughs> hey, man, this is my life, and and one of the things I I struggle with at 35, you know, is is that how quickly shit's happening. How how quickly a blink of an eye. Everything's happened to get to 35. Like I've had a life in in baseball and in poker, and and now I'm I'm like, but it's like I don't even remember my other life, but I remember yeah. it. Yeah. It was like yesterday, but it was like so long ago. It's yeah. so fucked up. So, um, and we can swear, obviously. Oh fuck oh, yeah. yeah. Okay, nice. You uh, of all people need to ask. <laughs> but yeah. Um, Right, me of all people yeah. need to ask that. Well, I just mean yeah. like I, I would think that even if I told you you can't swear, well, fuck you. I don't yeah, give a shit. That's true. <laughs> 
but yeah, and um, so to blink of an eye, I've got into this. I don't even consider myself a professional comedian. I don't know what I consider myself because, like I said, it was just, it was just like yesterday, where I I started doing stand up. Literally yeah. three years ago. Three years ago, I would go to open mics every night and and in January you know 2013 I think I did like 33 yeah and I was impressed and February was the first time I had my uh, face on a, a a poster yeah and I was like oh that's shit. a big moment eh? that's a big that's a now, big now it happens all I know the time. it's crazy eh? but now uh, then I was like I remember the the guy who um Help me really get started. He's like, buddy, I've been in Toronto. I'm not even on a poster. You know, and it's like... Um, and now you're no longer friends. <laughs> no, we're, we're, he's a good buddy. It's just... Um, yeah, it's, uh, it's... It's still the same, though, because it's just... I'm doing more shows with more crowds. Yeah. That's all it is. Yeah. More shows with crowds. Yeah. Opposed to performing in front of just comedians right because that's all it is your 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 infancy stages in comedy yeah there's not there's small it's amateur nights right you get like 12 people come out like yeah. is that what you mean like well like, not even because okay so um the landscape is so a kid who's starting comedy today like in 2016 in toronto um or in even new york he's gonna have to go to an open mic right and the open mic, unless you get on the amateur night at Yuck Yucks or Absolute Comedy, the open mic is going to be just 10 other comedians waiting to go up. No yep. audience members. You might be able to perform in a bar, but you're a lot of the time you're just sabotaging the patrons <laughs> where they're eating a meal and they're just sitting there and, and some kid's up there for his first time just butchering and hacking. Not just first time, first few years. Yeah, yeah. Just butchering and and hack hacking away at, at jokes yeah and um and then if you can i think if you can barrel through that process mm -hmm. you get to the next stage and then the next stage and and i think that's all comedy is i don't know i don't know i like i said i don't consider myself a professional i'm just a guy who who got picked up by yucks i go to new york city now i perform in the clubs yeah and i'm like i'm just doing it i don't you know yeah there's a point where you i think it sort of sneaks up on you one day where you go wow i'm i'm a professional at this i guess yeah right because you're like i i i, I think that's true for anything in the mm -hmm. arts at all yeah. like i was i i had the same thing when i was a comedian i thought i thought the first time i would feel like a pro comic was the first time i got money for it mm-hmm and then, but I didn't feel like a pro comic. I still felt like an amateur. Oh, yeah. yeah. And then I thought maybe it's, well, maybe it's when I'm middling. No, I still felt like an amateur. Yeah, I'm middling for yuck yucks. And I don't, I feel, I feel like legitimately, like when you came the first time you saw me, it was, um, I think it was uh, February. I'd seen you before. Oh, you had? I, I had seen you before. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, where? Um, I'm trying to think. It was either at Yucks or it was at uh, Spirits? Spirits. I was going to say because I go to Spirits. Yeah, it was you probably know? Spirits. Yeah, I think it was Spirits actually. Yeah, probably Spirits. And um, but that's what I said. The night you saw me is like 
I'm like, oh, I'm really that 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 set. I was just doing a guest spot, so I only had to do seven minutes. Yeah. Um, and my seven, I'm very, you know, I've I've built basically three years to get to this point. And yeah, you yeah, only yeah. Have seven minutes. But that's what it does. It takes three years to get a yeah. solid, you know. Yeah, and I'm probably in three more years. The, the seven that I did today will not even be even a a, a thought in yeah. my. Uh, hopefully not hopefully it keeps on growing but then you do the 20 minutes and there's such, such up and down so that's why i don't consider myself a pro is one i don't have i don't have perfect like because the night you saw me there was like guys like dave hempstead on dave hempstead rob pugh was yeah. headlining yeah. and mark walker yeah, was and, hosting and they're professionals right yeah but here's the thing that amazed me about you i'm glad you brought this up because this is going to sound like i'm just like stroking your ego and 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 the whole reason i was like i got to talk to this guy that's why i do comedy so people will laugh and stroke my stroke ego. me like, <laughs> yeah, okay. we, we need it right Fuck yeah. that's why i did it make me love myself like my dad never did yeah, but, yeah exactly um but no you it's it's i'm glad you said it that way that you're doing it like you got rob Pugh, you got dave hampstead you got you mark killers. walker absolutely and and i came down to see the show because mark and i are close friends mark's like oh i'm hosting and rob and i know rob rob and i are friends we did a, mm -hmm. a thing uh, we acted in a thing for johnny guardhouse about a year ago oh cool and that's cool. kind of where we met and kind of yeah got, got became friends and so i thought right there the show is a killer yeah I didn't even know who's doing spots. I know guys do spots. I right. didn't even know who was going. But I'm like, it's going to be a killer show. So I go down to watch it, and then Dave Hampstead's up. And there was someone else, too. Why, Terry Clement. Terry Clement, right before who me. I hadn't seen in years. And yeah. same thing. Killed it. Dave killed it. You go up, and I'd seen you before. And it's not that you were bad or nothing like that yeah. before or nothing, but you go up. And that night you were a pro comic man. This is oh, where this is this no no, yeah. no no. You know what it was like. I it was absolutely the most fearless, fearless piece of stand up I have ever seen. I appreciate. And what that. I mean by that, I don't mean in a club. I mean ever. Because mm -hmm. uh, you were talking about because you came out not too long ago. Like you were yeah, talking about that. My, that was the base. Publicly, I came out. Um, yeah. yeah. People knew I lived two lives. Yes, that's what it was. I lived two yeah. lives up until about thirty-four. Like it, it, we're, we're in my place right now. My roommate, who's a good friend of mine, like he's known for a decade. Right. About I've known him. My my family's known, and then I lived the life. You know when in I was, comedy, yeah. in, but I lived like the gay life, right? Yeah. In the gay scene, people knew, like they knew. But I, I very low profile, but because of baseball, because of. I, I was not out. I was not, right. you know, I would, I would, uh, uh, pretend, you know, and go to strip clubs with my buddies and shit like that. Yeah. But then I was like, Oh, I'm like, I've had enough of this shit. But so like, I, that's, I, I can't, I, we're, we're going to dive right into that. Yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. There's but so I just much, wanted man. to, just to say like the, um, the to me stand up is all comedy has always been you got to be of course funny first that's the main thing funny first but then there's got to be a truth to what you're saying mm -hmm. even if you're just a goofball silly guy that's okay but there's got to be truth and honesty in what you're saying and i when it was so funny because you went up you told your first joke and and uh and then walker runs over to me he says oh fuck jj came out did you hear about that and i go what this is real right now. This isn't yeah, a like yeah. this isn't a bit. Well, that's why I get and, it. And uh, and 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 it was the whole thing was completely raw and honest. I'd never seen anything like it. Oh, I appreciate. And, it. and honestly, that's why I'm like uh, I don't know if you remember. I said to, not that my opinion fucking matters for anything, but I said to you, and I said to Mark, in five years he's going to be a household name. Hopefully, because, 
people fucking love <laughs> yeah. when comics tell it like it is. Yeah, know? sometimes it's a little... Uh, be honest. To, because, you know, I have, I have a good friend who's, uh, who's uh, in L.A. right now. He's a... Uh, I don't know if you ever watch uh, poker on TV. Yep. He's a poker commentator, Joe Stapleton. Okay. Great dude. Let's me stay with him when I go to New York. And he's a great buddy of mine. He was living in New York. Now he's in L.A. Super talented. Super funny. Yeah. Um, and, and I send him clips and stuff. You know, he doesn't do a ton of stand-up, but he's... He's got that, you know, when you just trust someone on their, like, they, they give you a very honest opinion about what you're doing yeah. artistically. And I say, and he's like, man, sometimes you're just a little too blunt with stuff. Really? And, yeah, but, well, you see, like, I go right in. The, no, I know. I'm just surprised to hear that, like, well, you're too blunt. Well, in certain crowds, though. Like, when I'm in New York, when I do perform, I've, I've been to New York, uh, what are we working on? Uh, two times or three times? Okay. When April, no, April and November. And when the first time and the second time. But I feel like there's a hunger yeah. for, like, people like yourself who are just like, yeah, give it, give it to give me. It to you me. Get, yeah. Um, and I think that's why people go to New York. Yeah. You know, they go to New York, they go New to York the comedy the clubs. New place in the world. Greatest, to perform, I've never placed, any, like, like I go right on and it's like, bam, 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 and they're they're yeah. all on board. But then sometimes in Toronto, like we're based out of Toronto, then I go outside, it was middling in Mississauga, Yuck Yucks, which for those who don't know, is a, it's a suburb of Toronto. It's still very progressive, but it's a little bit, conservative progressive you know what i mean yeah, like because yeah, there's more exactly families right. and stuff like that so i'm going right off the top with my premise oh i do a lot of gay shit you know yeah. and i talk about like and this is within the first 30 seconds and some people are like whoa like because they see one thing yeah but that's why i have to explain now i'm like listen i get it i don't look or act the part so that's that's part of the process yeah. too yeah. downtown toronto when I perform in the clubs there, it's like, it's it's talking about this shit. It's like they're 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 almost wanting it. They almost come. oh you leveled that night. Yeah, it you was leveled. fun, man. It was yeah. super fun. I'm I love you. that club. And I I gotta tell you too, just so you know, like because uh, I was hanging out with Mark Walker, and I know you, he's been doing it for a long time. And a lot of guys, he's one of those guys. A lot of comics, newer comics, look up to. Yeah, I love Mark. We worked together uh, before. You blew him away too, man. Like you need to know. Like not that he wouldn't tell you or anything like mm. that, but he like he even wanted to sit in on this interview. He oh really? Was so into what you were saying? Oh fuck, that would have like, been nah, badass. Nah. Uh, we talked about it, and he, he but he was like, okay, call me right after because I can't wait. I to love. This interview. Well, you know, I first met Mark because um, he's been on before. He's been. Oh yeah. We we did a show. We did a weekend in Montreal. Yeah. Yuck yucks. Yeah. But it was only a year ago, and my material was so different because yeah. I wasn't. Out on stage, a couple couple comedians I kind of talked to about it, and they're like, "Dude, you just gotta," you know. The thing about this, everyone always said you come from an like for me, they said you come from an honest place, and I was like, "But I'm not totally honest." Yeah. Like because I I still had stories about hooking up with chicks, like when I was in the closet and stuff. Right. But um, there there's more than that, and I'm like, man, you know, I'm not doing. There's always more. Yeah, there is. There is always more. Yeah. It's like that thing that CK, Louis CK said. He's like, you just you just consistently have to uh, peel peel back the onion or whatever. Exactly. You know, and you just and that's all this is right now is I'm just peeling and peeling and uh 
you know, like I said, I got into death. I'm so excited. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> what what brought it on? Was there okay? There so wasn't something that happened. Recently. That's that's my biggest fear. I mean, you know, um, I don't know. Everyone has their fears, but my, you know, the people who say public speaking, I'm like, fuck you. That's that's the easy one for me. Yeah. You know, my my fear is uh, coming coming to an end. Like you know, I'm a, I'm a, a hypochondriac. I'm I'm I don't know why. I don't know if it's a fear of not knowing. But anyways, my father. Um, I spoke to him, he's out in Arizona, he sent me an email after we spoke a couple of days ago, and he said he he had um, uh, uh, pituitary tumor, like it's benign, it's non-cancerous, okay. he's like, I don't want to scare you or anything, or worry you, I'm like, well, if you don't want to worry me, don't send me the fucking email, you know, <laughs> like, you know, go through the I surgery. I like how he's telling you this in an email. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Holy yeah. shit. And we just spoke on the oh, phone. Oh, okay, all right. And, um, <laughs> but that. And then that kind of like refueled my like, man, because I, I was doing it about um, in November, I was doing bits because mm -hmm. I, I had some stomach issues and I was going to see and no, it was nothing, just uh, me just probably not eating correctly. But um, it's, it's, it's always some, it's the one thing I like everyone battles with something. Right. And, and that's my battle. And I think it's the battle of of not knowing what happens after there's no certainty no in in what we do in life or in even comedy it's like fuck you know what what happens and I'm like you just because sometimes i'll wake up at five in the morning and it's kind of cool but it's kind of and it's eerie because i just sit there and i'm like what is death it's just and and, and you just close your eyes yeah. or i just close my eyes I'm like this is it it's to darkness that's it is yeah it's darkness that never ends. And I probably am like this because, you know, me and my mother have never hugged each other. So. Really? <laughs> yeah, we don't say I love you. Uh, <laughs> but that's a reason why I'm on stage and that's why I probably fear death. But yeah, so it's just, but to me... I don't I'm, know where to go here. There's so much, you've just opened up a billion questions. <laughs> but that's the thing. But this is the greatest thing. This is what I love about this art is that there's no end yes, in it. That's right. It, unless you're sitting at home and just watching Netflix and jerking off. Yeah. It, you have, this is the greatest thing. And I don't think I relate, like, I don't think like, you know, Bre uh, Mark Breslin, uh, the, the owner of, or founder of Yuck Yucks. Yeah. He said to me, he's like, there's two kinds of comedy. And this is what changed my, my perspective on comedy. Is like, there's the comedians that you watch and then they're so relatable. Yeah. You know, they talk about, you know, I'm married and stuff like that and people. Yeah. But then there's the comedians who will take you on a ride to a place you've never been on. Yeah. And that's what I want to be. And I think in that ride, I'll take people to a place, if I can ever get that good, yeah. where you take them there. And like, I've never, it's not relatable. Yeah. But now that you say it, it is relatable. Oh my God, yeah. You know, and that's why I think like Pryor was, Hedberg, Hedberg would st say stuff that nobody thinks like that. But yeah. then when you say it, yeah. you're like, ah, ah he got yeah. it. Yeah. It's just Seinfeld. That's what they do. Yeah. I, I, in fact, I was telling you just before we started recording uh, how I was in comedy and I stopped. Mm -hmm. That's one of the reasons I stopped. I wasn't being honest. I wasn't being open. I wasn't saying anything. I was, if, if a joke got a laugh, I'd say that joke for like a year. You know what I mean? I was, I, I was playing way too fucking safe. And I was like, no, 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 no. This, 
this art form deserves more than I'm giving it. And if I can't give it more, then I, I'm not coming back. It's, you're you're winston like I a lot of comics I say that's stupid. Just no, do I don't think it's I don't think it's stupid. <laughs> I think it's just it's just it's just hard to be brutally honest about shit. To the point where it's like, because here's here's the thing that people don't realize: you're being brutally honest. Yeah. And great, you're brutally honest. But if they're not laughing at your honesty, exactly. you're like, you know what? Because everyone always told told me, like, um, they're like, you gotta, uh, um, maybe I'll change my mind. But they're like, you gotta, you gotta tailor towards the audience. I'm like, fuck the audience. This is my, yeah. you know, if you don't like it. It's like when someone said, if I walk by you and and you said to me, you said, oh, I hate that shirt. I'm not like, oh, hold on. Give me two minutes. I'm going to go change my shirt. Yeah. Do you like this shirt? Now I like your shirt. Yeah. I'm like, fuck you. You initially hated my original shirt. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm not... Yeah, I get it. You've got to please the audience, but I'll, but there's a difference. There's the the career path, or there's the art path, and I want I want the art path. Yeah, I'll make look. I'll, I'll I have a fucking uh, a part time day job. I'll make I'll make some money. Yeah, you know um, when 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 comedy when people if there's enough people that are interested in what I do, then I'll make more money. If there's not, then fuck it. I'll keep a part time job, but I'm not changing it to say a joke so it can please some fucking ignorant idiot who wouldn't laugh at my original stuff and not even ignorant just they're not ignorant they just don't they're maybe they're not as honest or they don't see life the way i see and they don't like me yeah that's fine but that's that's the way but that's that's i i agree and i think that it's true there are those kinds of artists that really they they set out with the goal to please the audience you know, but that's and, not and, artists but, to me. No, exactly. Yeah. I, I, I think they see themselves as artists. Because mm. to me, art, all art is, in, in any form, whether we're talking comedy, music, writing, directing, acting, it doesn't matter, is an expression of you. How right. you see life, how you <clears> see <throat> the world, how you see death, right. anything. And so if, if, if your first thought before expressing those ideas is, okay, but what is the audience going to want to hear and see? Well, then you're not. I used really, to think that, yeah. But I think everybody did, and I was a lot like that when I was doing comedy, and that's why I stopped. Mm-hmm. It was because it's I I can't be fearless on stage, not yet, and I can't be honest, and I'm not even talking about the things that are important. <laughs> I don't know if it's fearless or just I'm delusional. No, it's, it's, <laughs> no, no, it's fearlessness, man. It's not delusional. It's wow. It's uh, if you, if you're up there, you don't know you're not wearing any pants. That's maybe delusional. Yeah, yeah, yeah but, that's but true. But if you're if you're not happy, me, man. Not delu- no. <laughs> what you're talking about is, is it's to me, it's it's fearlessness to to get up and say anything, and it doesn't matter if it's to do with your sexuality, or your views on death, or your views on yeah, anything. Yeah. If you're getting up and saying this is what I believe, take it or leave it. But then, but the thing is with you is that it's also very, very fucking funny. Yeah. Right. Which I agree with everything you said, but in terms of comedy, but if it ain't funny. Well, that's the problem, right? That, that, it's the, gotta be fun. That's that's the problem. See what you want, it's, but it's gotta it, be. Fun. It's gotta be fun. I think I think it has to be funny. It has to be interesting for yeah. me, yeah. Um, but it also has to be a little uncomfortable. Yeah, <laughs> I think I think I think you need people a little uncomfortable. We're the yeah. point where I'm like, where it's like, you know, I like to address the fact where it's like, you guys. I say to the audience, you, this. You don't know if this is true. Yeah. 
someone's got to think this might be a hate crime. Yeah. Because unlike a minority, you can see that they're minorities. There's a black guy on stage talking about, you know, uh, segregation. You're like, oh, I get it. I can see yeah. right there. But you can even with me saying it, yeah. you're not 100% sure. No. If I, but, you know, I mean. I, I got to admit, I, I was like, I don't, I don't know. It, it comes like, off, some people think, yeah. there was, there was a, uh, a guy after the show, there's two friends, and I saw them actually last night, but they've seen me three times. The one guy saw me three times. The second time, the one guy saw me with his British friend. Yeah. His British friend is just a regular dude, like a, just a bro, um, the good kind, and <laughs> the, the very hot kind. But this guy, so I'm about a minute and a half in, and they come up to me after. They're like, man, great set. Yeah. But they're like, a minute and a half in, my one buddy said to me, he's like, man, I can't take this, so I got to go. This is, because he thought it was blatant homophobia. He thought I was being some character on stage oh, like okay because it comes off like that yeah even even when i hit on gay dudes they're like they, sometimes they think like because i'm like yo bro what's up and they're like is this dude about to kick my ass <laughs> 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 this is one of those traps i hear about right yeah one of those gay traps it really yeah. it, re it, yeah. it really is yeah. it really is and i'm like man you know what you know i used to get um dudes who would say like why are you acting so straight? Like I'm, I'm not the one acting. Yeah, you know, I'm just being me, bro. You yeah. know, and yeah. and um, yeah. So, it's, but, but don't you fucking hate that in the gay lifestyle? That hate, hate. I, um, I, 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 like I you, that you are supposed to act a certain way, and I, and I'm not even talking about how straight people expect you to act. I mean, other gay people. Well, I think I, yeah, I think there's. Um, I've struggled with this. Uh -huh. Part of the like initially when I got out of baseball at 26 years old, this is in 2006. Yeah. I moved. I worked at a gym in the gay area. Yeah. Like finally, I could be out. I could yeah. be myself. You have a relationship. I'm like, I don't. I don't fit, man. I'm not. Yeah. I don't fit. I don't fit into. The, and and I respect dudes because I I get it. There's dudes who have to put up with the bullshit. For me, like, for me to have the ability to be free on stage. Right. People, you know, I always used to think it was comedians. Like, I, I, my biggest influence are Pryor, uh, um, Patrice O'Neill, Sam Kinison, who's very oh, <laughs> homophobic. Man. But um, I used to think those were the people that kind of paved the way for me being honest on stage. I'm like, no, it, it was fucking gay dudes who had to go through the bullshit in the 70s and the 80s, you know, even further back uh, with dealing with homophobia that uh, given me the opportunity to where it's like people are okay with what I am. It's not based on, on the comedians. It's part being comedians who are real and honest like prior, but most part it's people who had to go through the bullshit, who had to get shit thrown at them, called fag and shit like that. And I... I I say faggot on stage, not often. Um, I, I just, there are gay people that will address me saying, hey man, that's... Don't use that word. But I'm like, but if if I can't use that word, you just, is it, like, I, I struggle with that. Like, you're just taking, is that word, word so powerful that I can't even say it in a joking context? And I don't think any word should be like that. Yeah. But the thing is, even with that joke... You're giving credence to the fact that it is an offensive word because you the the whole exactly punch of the joke the whole punch of the joke is I get to say that word because right. of what I went through 
And in a way, you're kind of saying what anyone gets to go through. So yeah, we're reclaiming. I'm reclaiming the fucking world. Well, that's I, what I want. I this is the thing with uh, comedy because I, I am very politically incorrect. Uh, it's just like what. Do, what do you do? You know, what do you, what do you do? Because you're always going to have a backlash. And again, with what I do, I'm not for audiences. I'm not changing. No, probably not going to get booked. God, I hope not. Yeah. uh, Well, there's certain places that won't put me on stage. That's fine. Really? Oh, fuck. Yeah. You've been banned from not banned, but Toronto has, there's this movement of Toronto uh, comedy having safe rooms. Like, you know, it's like, we don't, we don't want okay. the safe room. I'm the biggest load of shit. The art form, wow. the art form, you're making the art form unsafe by, pro, by putting it's, up safe it's promoting room. censorship. Yeah, censorship. That's what you're doing. There's even festival in New York where they don't take um, a straight white guy. They'll take LGBT women and minorities. And if you're a straight white dude, I'm like, what? What? I mean, I'm coming from something where I could submit to this festival and get in. I don't even want to perform. I want to be around funny people. And I get it. Straight white dudes have a, a hand up. But you know what? If you're fucking funny, you, if you're undeniable, you can't. It's that Barry Katz thing. You can't be denied. Yeah. I get it. You know what? But if you want to put on a shitty festival with um and i'm not saying that straight white guys are the best but i'm just saying by by having an agenda yeah it's gonna make it shitty yeah by making it a specific kind of comic that can come on the show yeah no not a specific kind of comic it's it's lgbt not allowing a specific kind of comic and i get there's there's women comedy festivals yeah that's fine you know whatever do that i get that do it it doesn't bother me it really, at the end of the day, this shit doesn't bother me. It's just, I think it's ridic- ridiculous. Yeah. I laugh it off. I mean, I, I've, even after coming out, I face a, a ton, not a ton, but a, it, it's, I've heard it where people say very homophobic shit. I don't yeah. care. I'll just go on stage and fucking bury that person who says it. Yeah. I'll just bury it. You want, you think, you know, you want to say shit about me? Follow me. Follow me after I go on stage with that gay shit. Yeah. You know, and, and, and then see how homophobic you are. So I don't give a shit, really. That's good. Yeah. I mean, it's because it's, it's, I think I asked you that right after, because we talked a bit after your show the last time I saw right. you. And I was asking you that. How's it been? I don't know why that thing keeps falling. Sorry. Nah, it's no big deal. Um, you know, it, it, how that was like when you first, because like for me, comedy, stand up comedy has always been a boys club, like big time. Yeah. Like, so it's like I can't, you know, when you when you're when you're closeted and you're hanging around and they're talking about all these chicks that they banged. And but I I would still hook up with I've still hooked up with women. Yeah. So it's like I can be. I can, <coughs> you can relate to. Yeah. Them, but still. And, and and then people say, well, oh, you've hooked up with women. Um, you you're bi or something like that. I'm like, no, I'm living through pussy vicariously. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I'm not just going to fuck a chick. I'm going to fuck a chick. And have her tell me about all the straight dudes she's <laughs> fucked. That's not being bi. That's just living vicariously through your box, you know? I mean... I want to be where all that cock has been. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, that's not... That's, that's not, amazing. Yeah, but, but it's just... And, oh, man. But that's where, you know, but I don't... Most guys are... Like, it, it does... The, the thing about, you know, fuck me up with baseball, it did fuck me up with baseball. Um, and then it screwed... It made what, me... What, being gay fucked you up with baseball? Yeah, because I, could, I was going to school in the States to play college ball. Yeah. You, you can't be out. So what, what age did you start 
playing baseball? Like, are we talking like late teens? Fuck. Um, I played my whole life, and then I got really serious in high school. And um, I, got, I went to school in 99 in the States, and then I got a scholarship in 2000 to play to college huh. in the States. And um, I did that for five years. I was in the States. But I, I was angry. I was so angry. I was so angry. I didn't know why. I just was all, I had a terrible temper. I was just so, up until last year, man, I was so angry at life. At life, I'm like, because I, um, I didn't want this. Like, really, I don't, I didn't want this. Mm-hmm. Now I'm happy about it because I'm like, oh, look, I have a unique story to tell on stage. You know, anything for five minutes. Yeah, yeah. You know, right? Any, <laughs> anything. I'm like, oh, shit, you know. If I did get HIV, it would be a great segment of that. But it's true, though, you know. Fuck, I mean, but it's, it's, it's. But you, but comedians know that you're like you yeah. get in you get these because it's really it's not about the funniest it's about the most unique yeah. that's what it is yeah you know you, I, my jokes aren't high level they're very simple jokes but they're simple jokes in a unique story yeah. and that's and that's like you can do or you can do the not unique and have these amazing high level bits yeah. that's that's what it is. That's what this really Carlin. If you ever listen to Carlin, oh, he yeah. never talks about himself. No, never. No, he just has these amazing viewpoints on yeah, yeah. I, I, and it's so high level. Uh-huh. But he's not doing himself. He's talking about the government. He's talking about religion. He's talking about sports. Even when he does something so simple as food, he says, "You know, sir, it's not even uh, uh, what's that bit about blueberries?" He's like, "There's no blue food. Even blueberries, they're purple." <laughs> but like, they, that's the thing. He has such a an amazing. Um, the, his art is just incredible. On a, the way on a, his mind can go to that yeah. level. Yeah, and incredible. what he says, yeah. Because that's what I would be like when I'd listen to Carlin and a couple of... Pryor was the same way for me. Yeah. And uh, even even though uh, I fucking hate to admit that I ever liked the guy, but Cosby was the same way. A lot of them, they get to a point where you just go, how the fuck did your mind come up, like, get there? Just, a lot of drugs. <laughs> yeah, well, that's what I, uh, I, I guess. In Cosby's I case, guess. he wasn't doing the drugs. No, he wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> he wasn't. Yeah, yeah. but it's like, how, how do you get there? How do you, you know, and I still do that, though, even with a lot of the comics I see on stage here. Yeah. Like, how did you get there? You know, like, it's just See, amazing. me, me, I'm not getting anywhere. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just, I've, I've, I'm just letting it out. Um, yeah, I, but you, would you ever... It kind of goes back to what we were saying earlier. Like when you would say you're a pro comic, do you think you'll ever get to that point where it's like, oh yeah, I'm getting to some high level stuff? I I would hope that I build a following. This is my goal. My my no the the path the path because I know the path always changes. But the path I would like to be on is like this is who I am. Know me if you like me. You, 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 I don't want to say a fan, but you, you follow what I do. Yeah. And then once you follow what I do, you know about the sexuality, you know about that. You're interested in my point of views on life. Yeah. Um, but it's hard because even when I talk about, you know, I try doing stuff, whether it's death, but death is still me. Um, I talk about, uh, I was doing a bit on, on the uh, 2016, uh, presidential campaign you know the the race yep. and um 
it, it would work and then it would bomb and then it would really work and then it would bomb. Yep. So, you know, it's, um, and I just, I'm not, at the end of the day, I mean, the truth is I'm just, you know, I went to six colleges in five years. I'm not that smart. <laughs> I mean, so to, I know if I try to have these high level bits, if I force them, It'll never work. So hopefully someday, it, you know, I write every day. I was telling you, I write it first thing I wake up in the morning. Yeah. I just do a stream of consciousness. Yeah. And then before I go out, I write about 30 minutes to an hour yeah. before I do shows that night about what I'm doing that night, bits I have. And then at night, um, before I go to bed, before I watch Netflix or I watch TV, I just write again. Hopefully it's, and but more focused towards an actual bit or what yeah. happened, you know? Is it sort of like throughout the day, so like the bits you came up with in the morning, you're trying to find to them as the day goes on, or are you trying to write different stuff each time? Uh, morning is strict stream of consciousness, where it's like, oh, this happened last night, this happened last night, uh, this this is how I feel, or if I had a dream, I'm just writing it. It all, you know, it's it's almost like a, a a way to tell yourself, hey man, just keep on going, you know, and yeah, I'm just yeah, writing yeah. it. Yeah. Um, and then uh, I do that for 10, 15 minutes and then the bits are in the afternoon, yeah. you know, like right after we get done here, um, I have electric drums set, so I'll go play the drums oh, for nice. about an hour. Yeah. Um, just because it's art to me, yeah. it's like to totally. learn it and then I'll go write. And, uh, as I'm writing, um, I'm, I'm writing the bits that I have, I've been working on, I rewrite. And then at night, hopefully anything that inspired me from drums till after comedy, like last night, uh, my uh, buddy, we're at a, a gig, and he or we get food for the gig. He ordered his food. He's on stage. I was eating his French fries, and then I went in the back room. All of a sudden, I see two people go. One person takes one sandwich, the other, and they just start running. They stole his sandwich. <laughs> so I chased them down. I don't know why. I guess because I was eating his food, I had like an emotional attachment. <laughs> and we turned the corner, and I realized, oh, I'm chasing after two dudes and there's just one of me i'm like fuck this <laughs> so eventually the two guys two other comedians come like what the fuck happened because they yeah. saw the ruckus i'm like and we get back there like i'm like oh two dudes they they took your sandwiches and ran and they're just looking around and the one buddy who had the sandwiches stolen from him he's like okay but where did the fucking french fries go i was like oh uh <laughs> they took those too. <laughs> the Hamburglar? <laughs> like, yeah, because uh, I fucking crushed all his fries wow. while I was on stage. So maybe I inspired those guys to steal this. I was say you're as bad as you're. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm as big a piece of shit. Fuck, that's awful. But yeah, uh, so so that that <laughs> so that, that goes into yeah, goes but, into the pile. Yeah, and that's and that's funny. I think it's a fine, but then you're like, well, how do I take that story? And make it into a three to five minute bit. Yeah. Because that's what it comes down to. Yeah. You know, I can't just have this throwaway quick, like sure, sure, 30 sure. second yeah. thing. I'm like, so how do you develop that? And that's, that's, that's really the art and the craft. Yeah. Um, how do you get that? You know, so. Yeah. And it, it takes, it's amazing how long it takes. So some bits I found were just, they're right there. They almost write themselves. And then others, mm -hmm. after a year, you're still struggling. Like what the, you know what I mean? It's fucked up. So you, you, you did baseball, and then you got into poker, yeah, or was that kind of the same time? Yeah, I mean, it's uh, baseball, you, when I was, um, I was injured, so I basically just sat on the bus and played cards for eight hours. Oh, wow. Every bus ride. How'd um, you get injured? Uh, it was my senior year in college. I tore my labrum. I was oh. like, oh, 
the way to to feel your your childhood dream just snap like you know when you get hurt as an athlete mm. there's like injuries yeah there, what was that there's a line are you injured or are you hurt okay uh, i think it was from the program that movie yeah and it, it was like when you get injured you're like yeah i can play through this but when you get hurt you know and that's i knew it i i tore my labrum in the most awkward way swinging a bat like fouling off a pitch and it popped in a way that and I had the surgery and I could just never come back. So I knew, I knew it was like a fucking cunt injury that just, just because you don't expect nothing else in life. Yeah. You yeah. don't know anything else. Like from the time I was a kid, this is all I loved doing. I thought for sure I'd be in the big leagues. You don't know. You haven't, you haven't lived as a human. You don't know about um, failure. And there's my first major failure is like, it's like, oh, they can just take it from you. That's what life is. You, someone just can take it from you. Yeah. And you can never have it back. It sucked. But um, I played poker. I was injured. So I got in a pro ball and I basically did nothing and played poker. And be, and I was like, fuck, I'm making more po money playing poker than um, on a field. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, I, and I, I did that for four years. But then again, it's like, it's, a, it's something that I was... I was doing because I didn't love it. I was making money, and then I was then that anger came back, man. That anger I so got. So it kind of faded away, the anger, and then it came back. No, I don't it. know if it faded away. Okay. I think when I would make like, because there's some days I'd make like fifteen thousand dollars in a day. Holy it was shit. crazy. Yeah, it was crazy. Now I'm broke as shit, you know. So <laughs> like, don't they, you know? Wow. But um, you'd make this money, and. But you're just masking your emotions with money. I got yeah. to, I got fat. I got out of shape. I got to 300 pounds. I was like, oh. I was going to Vegas once a month, and I'd go to. You know what my biggest regret is? Like I would travel. But I would go to Vegas, and the days I wasn't playing a live tournament, I'd play online in my hotel. Like there's no way to live. Yeah. You know, it's basically a degenerate. And um, now. I'm like, fuck, if I have the opportunity, like when I go to New York yep. to do comedy, I'm also going to take a day and like walk through Central, as stupid as it sounds, yeah. and just walk through Central Park and, and enjoy the fact, man, I'm, I'm, I'm 35 years old and I get, I get to walk through Central Park and nobody gives a fuck about me what I'm doing. You know, yeah. I have the freedom yeah. and, and hopefully just start doing the festivals in Europe and um, yeah. But how did you get into into comedy then? Because you're 35, you've only been doing stand up for three years. Yeah, you went through baseball, you went through poker. So where where did the turn on for comedy even come? In? I th I think I think before we went live, you were always talking. You were talking about how it was kind of like that class clown thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's how I was. I was always a. But 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 they didn't. Here's the thing, man. They didn't look at me, and I don't think anyone who's a class clown. They didn't look at you as someone with comedic chops are funny they always looked at you as someone who a, a class clown someone who disturbed or interrupts the class he's yeah. a disturbance you know yeah, 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 you're like yeah. no 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 this is just some people can express themselves through uh, writing something in english but we express ourselves through acting out or being a little bit crazier right. around people yeah. but nobody ever says hey man maybe you should go into the arts maybe you should you know not 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 for me at least yeah and and 
<laughs> and I knew through baseball and even through poker when I played uh, poker mm-hmm. uh, and like when we'd go to the Venetian or go play these tournaments, I knew, I didn't know, but I was like always the center of attention. Like I was the table captain, the guy who's, you know, controlling the conversations and yeah, stuff like yeah. that. And some, some dumbass professional would be sitting beside me with his sunglasses on and a hat and <laughs> I try to talk to him. I'm like, you dumb mutant. Like, you know? <laughs> Like, these guys would play poker, yeah. and they're, like, mute for 10 Because you start, tournaments start at 12 or 1 o'clock, and sometimes you didn't get done till if if you make another day, it would be, like, 2 or 3 in the morning. I sit beside some stiff 20-year-old internet whiz kid. Not 20, it was, like, 21, 22, whatever the legal age is there. And I'm, like, you're just sitting there like a, 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 a mute yeah. You know, there's no way to, I'm like, oh, I got all this money. Like, yeah. Yeah, like that's going to, yeah. There's no life, you no. fucking nerd. No. <laughs> I know, I know what you mean. Right. I, I, I think, you know, it works for some people. I think some people are just, they're so antisocial, I guess, what it is. And they're so mm-hmm. kind of inside themselves. And maybe Which they I think get. they got nothing to offer. I don't know. But I, I know what you mean, because I can't, I can't do that either. I had my moment of six years like you. I just went and got a regular job, got a condo. Well, that's that's the problem with com- it, even even there. I was like, I tried working in the real world, and you, my, I can't. I'm inappropriate. I'm an HR disaster. <laughs> you know, yeah. I'm an, I'm an HR disaster, and you can't have. But there is there is places for people like uh, us yeah. in the world. Yeah, you know, it doesn't it doesn't have to be. It's, just, it's so bullshit. You have to go to school. You have to work a nine to five. You have no, to you pay don't. off your student. No, no, no. People like me are like, you know, why not? Why? There shouldn't. Anyways, I get so angry at that because there aren't. The problem is you're forced into a situation you don't want to do. Like you're working a nine to five job yeah. and you only, this is my fear. You only get one crack at this. And it's like the one crack I have, I'm like all of a sudden I don't want to be 68 years old. I'm like, I've just lived my life to pay my debt. Yeah. My debt for my house, my debt for my car, my debt for school. School and whatever that debt is, my debt. Because I used to wear this Breitling watch. I used to believe people gave a shit about the, the material items. And they do, but then they once you don't have them, they don't give a fuck who you are anymore. No. And I'm like, I'm done. And that's why I'm like, okay. You know, I had a couple buddies who were comedians. I'm like... Well, you know, I've always wanted to do it, and I've done it on some level. Uh, I just wasn't getting on stage. I was just doing it in poker rooms or in clubhouses, and yeah. uh, uh, and I'm like, might as well try and figure it out. And that's that's how I started. Wow. Yeah. So you got up, and then, and then it obviously because it's only three. This is what amazed me. It's only been three years. I've hit my peak. <laughs> It's all downhill from here. That's, it is. That's why we're having this. It's a bit of an intervention here. So. It's scary, right? No, just because, yeah. I mean, from my days in, in doing stand-up, like when I was kind of doing it as a, a full-time thing, when that's all I was doing, I look at myself after three years. I even, But I, a lot of the other up-and-comers that have been three years, and after three years, like to get to... I don't think... It's not even just necessarily the level that you're at in terms of material, writing, and performance. So it's also um, the 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 discipline i don't know anyone when i think back who had been doing stand-up for three years myself included that was going and doing 14 gigs a night 
No, oh, no, 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 not that many a night, but... Well, or, sorry, not a yeah. night, but a week. Sorry, 14 yeah. gigs a week. I, I, I didn't know anyone. Now, I don't know if that was because maybe back then there wasn't... There wasn't that opportunity. But it's also, time, I came from that, that, the, the baseball background, the poker background, yeah. where I was always a grinder. Yeah, that's true. I'm, okay. I'm lucky that um, the one thing I have, which probably isn't good, I really believe... I don't think, I, 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 I don't think I'm great. I don't think I'm a better comedian than anyone. But I know I have that championship mentality. Yeah. Where it's like you you see these guys like I, I wish I don't know if I was born with a natural talent. I'm even if I was, I wouldn't say I was. But I I know what I was born with was the work ethic, and work ethic comes from having that championship mind where it's like I'm gonna do. I'm setting the bar on the work ethic in the stand-up community. I really do. Yeah. I'm like, dude, last week I did 19 sets. Holy you know, and I'm like, I want to set the bar. I want to do the most because I believe in that. Like, if you ever watch documentaries like these 30 for 30s or you watch the Schwarzenegger stuff, all they did and the people who I hang around with, the Ryan Long, Danny Polishuk, these are comedians. They have TV shows. They have movies. Yep. And they write new bits and they stand up and, 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 and they're out every night. They also do 15 to 20 sets. And they do the 15 to 20 sets and they have all the art shit going on too, yeah, like yeah. The, the TV. I'm like, man, these guys set the bar. Yep, yep. And I'm like, they said that these are champions. I want to I surround myself mm -hmm. with funny people, but yep. also that fucking championship mentality. Yeah, that, that, that discipline. That, mm -hmm. you know, nobody that's going to be like, uh, you know, let's write, a, let's write a joke a bit or a, 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 even a script and then not do anything for another four months. You know what I mean? I, I don't never understand have, that. Yeah, I know never. people. I know people like that, and and you know they're like. We, I was just talking about this on last week's episode with uh, with an actress um, named Christina, and we were saying that is that there's certain people you think that get into this business, whether it's comedy, acting, writing, directing, doesn't mm -hmm. matter. They get into it just to say, uh, yeah, this is what I do. You know, what I mean, for the notoriety yeah. of it, like the I'm, identity. I'm a comic. Really, when when was your last set? Uh, a month ago. Well, yeah. then you're not a comic. How, how many people you see it on Facebook? It's like their status works as stand-up comedy. Yeah. I don't even know you. Yeah. But that doesn't bother me. Yeah. Because you're just making my... The people... Who, I never get upset. I get I get upset at one thing. This is one thing that gets me upset at comedy. Because I'm out 15, 20 sets a week. When someone shows up at a show, yeah. like, hey, man, any spots? I'm like... Do you know how lazy that is? Yeah. When you're not even a high-level pro, you're just some fucking... And I consider myself an open micer. Mm -hmm. But how come I can book myself yeah. on 15 to 20 sets a week, but you're so lazy, you don't even do seven sets that you just show up and look like, any spots? It's just... That's the one thing that bothers me. It just bothers me. It's like you don't... You don't want it. Mm -hmm. You say you want it, but you don't want it. No, and I don't like to be around that. Yeah, I don't. It's like the same thing in the podcast game. How many oh, yeah. people say they have a podcast and they don't release episodes? Nope. You I know. know. They you realize, look. oh, I only have fifty viewers. Is it really worth it? Yeah, it is worth it if you want to do it. Yeah. Why, why is it? Why is it about the money you make? Why is it about the 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 amount of people you have? Do you enjoy? This is what it comes down to. Do you love doing it? Yeah. You know, it's like, it's, and I love doing this. Yeah. I love being out. You, yeah. ha, you, you have to, you have to love doing it. You have to love 
what you would you say too? Because you you said earlier that you know baseball was it for you when you were a kid. This is what all you want to do. How does that compare to comedy now? Because it seems to me that your passion well, for comedy is. But the, that's the thing. The one, I don't know many comics, and I know a lot of comics that have the same passion and drive as you do for comedy, and I I mean that honestly. Um, baseball, but baseball had the. A big part about baseball, which people don't realize, it wasn't the game that was fun. It was everything around the game that okay. was fun. Before the game, after the game, going, eating out with your buddies. It was uh, a social thing. I said eating out your buddies. Uh, <laughs> it was, but because you're in the clubhouse, yeah, uh, you get there at like, let's say, you know, for college game, you're just busting balls and breaking balls. Yeah. And you're making people... That's all it is. It's one big laugh. Yeah. And so comedy was... Baseball... Uh, comedy... Baseball was comedy to the most part. Uh-huh. You know, the thing that took away was, oh my God, I got to perform now. This, this is not... So it's fun, but it wasn't as much fun for me. It was being in the clubhouse. Yeah. And... Um, Having and it, that... Connecting that bond, that social... Yeah, just watch it, making around. people laugh. And that's <clears throat> yep. and that's where it's like, that's where I think comedy comes from. It's true. I, that's how I developed, a, a try or even wanted to develop a sense of humor. I found when I was younger, I was very quiet, shy mm-hmm. kid. I wouldn't say nothing. And I had no friends. And I discovered the people that had friends were funny, mm-hmm. you know, goofy. And, and so I thought that's what I need to do. So I actually started like literally training myself. That's when I started watching Saturday Night Live. Oh, really? That I As started a kid? watching Saturday Night Live uh, so that I could learn how to be funny. And I would watch, because when I started watching, it was like Dana Carvey and John Lovitz and Dennis Miller. But that was the prime year, yeah. And I would take what I saw on the show, and for the rest of the week, I'd be doing impressions. I'd do President Bush, I'd do everything. Because um, I tried to mimic. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah, yeah. that was how I did it. I tried to mimic, and whenever I'm trying to learn something, the first thing I do is try to mimic who's great at it. And then I would watch stand up. I watch Richard Pryor. I'd watch Robin Williams, George Carlin. I'd watch anything I could yeah, get my hands yeah, yeah. on, and I would mimic. It was just thieving. I wasn't going on no, stage. But I never stole a bit and took it on stage. No, but, but everyone does when that. When I was a kid, that yeah. I was like, okay, the, if I want to learn how to be funny, this is how you do it. Well, Pryor did that. Pryor, they all talk about that in their in their books that they, this is what they did as yeah. kids. They would watch it. Yeah, and then they would, you know, whether it was the, the whoever's monologue. Yeah, and and then they they do, and know. it was just the same thing. I just wanted them to have friends. Yeah, that's all it was. And people I just, love that too, right? What's that? When you're when, doing the when you're funny. Oh yeah, fuck, they yeah. ate it up. Yeah, you know, oh my god, this guy does the Dana Carvey, George Bush, and they yeah. print, you know, and I'm just yeah. doing it, and I wouldn't stop. And then they occasionally, okay, that's enough, you know, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, usually at home. But, but that's fine. Yeah, yeah. That's, but that's so it was the same thing, man. I, I all I ever wanted was just like to to have because I'm a socially I was a socially awkward kid. I'm still and I still say to this day, like it's not I'm not fake. I'm not phony. But sometimes I feel like maybe I am because all of my personality was based on mimicking so long ago. So so I I struggle with that and some that's one of the reasons I even do this podcast is it's a weird sort of search for me to figure out who the fuck am I as an artist by talking to other people who are trying to figure out who the fuck they are as artists right. and figure out is any of this real or is it all just bullshit, you know? Well, that, that, that's what <laughs> I didn't mean to take it to uh No, but that's the <laughs> psychological truth. Psychological there. But. It is is any of this real? 
first of all, it's not as any of this real. Is, does any of this even matter in life? Exactly. Yeah. And then you, when you get into that level, you're just like fucking throw the mic away. Who gives a fuck? No, now? but that's what it comes down to. <laughs> yeah. Does any of this matter? And and you don't find out till you die. Either the either the fucking lights go out. Yeah. Or the the lights you it's just one long dream yeah. in eternity so yeah like uh, inception or something stupid yeah uh, that's what it comes down to is like man what what am i stressing over uh these guys aren't uh yucks they're not working me or they are working at me like who and i'm i'm like you know what i'm happy like i used to worry like i signed with them in january and i wasn't getting work for a little bit but now they're working me i'm like if they want to work me they can work me if they don't they won't. Well, you're not having trouble getting any gigs from the sounds of it. You're, like, you're picking um, up spots. I do. I, I mean, I get about a, once a month I get on, and I'm very grateful there. You know, Mark puts me on the weekends all the time downtown yeah. club. I'm very grateful for it. I mean, I, I've, when we first talked, he said, I'm not ready to sign you, but don't, don't get bitter. This was like a year and a half ago. Mm-hmm. And I said, I'm going to be doing 15 shows a week, whether I'm with exactly. anybody or I'm not with anybody. I'm not bitter. And, I, and like even last week, I went down to Buffalo. I performed in Helium Comedy Club. Yeah. I did 15 minutes and people were coming up to me afterwards. Like, that was that was a great... And I don't want to... The point of the story is important. This is important. I'm not just saying, oh, I killed... But no, I had a great set. And then the booker said, here's my... Make sure you send me an email with your contact info. I'm going to get back to you. Yeah. And she never got back to me. And for you. a day, I was like... Oh, fuck, fuck, fuck this bullshit. And then I realized, you know what? She will probably get back to me when the time's right. And if she doesn't, that doesn't take away. I still had a great set. Mm -hmm. I still had a good set tomorrow. So why even worry about that shit? The shit I can't even control is the shit that everyone worries about the most. So I'm just trying to... Stay focused. Yeah. I found it so funny because I did, like I said, comedy all through my 20s. Got it completely away from it. And the odd part is now with, because uh, I'm, I'm right, I got two television shows I'm pitching, feature, I, a feature, a whole bunch of stuff. Oh, really? All of this other stuff on the go. Nice if you have and a the, role. You know, I'll talk to you after because I, I actually do. Yeah. I actually do. I'm not okay, kidding. Great. But, uh, um, but the weird part is, we'll talk. Don't worry. We'll but talk. this is the industry, right? How many people say, hey, man, if you ever. No, I actually I, I actually had something in uh, mind for something. I'll uh, tell you after. I would like to say I was kidding there, too. I, dude, I know you're not. Fuck off. I know I, you're I not. I know. Exactly. Everybody does this. Everyone It's does. the inevitable conversation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And But you know what it is really more? Because I do it, too. And I find when I'm when I'm when I say that to someone, it's because it's like okay, I like the kind of artist you are, I like the kind of person you are. Right. I want to work with you. It's not a you know like what opportunities can you bring me? It's sort of like, but isn't oh, that fuck. what it comes down to? You want to work with this is all you I do. Work with good people. You yeah yeah. This is why I'll turn down gigs too. If my friends are not on it, fuck it. Yeah. I don't. I, I my last time I sold honestly no bullshit. The last time I I believe my. That I sold out for a gig it was about two months ago. I took a gig on a Friday night. Yeah, I got paid X amount of dollars. I didn't even do my act. I did my other act, which I used to do when I'm like, oh, if I'm on the road, I'm gonna do this shit. I'm not gonna talk about the gay shit or anything like that. Yeah, which eventually I'll get to. But right now, this is a main portion of my act. It is. It's huge. So, yeah. so basically, I did my D shit and bombed. Yeah, and took the money. And worked with two guys who I don't even speak to. And um, 
that's not why I'm doing this. I'm not, I don't want, if I, if I want to, if I want a living, I will sign up tomorrow at a nine to five job in sales. Yeah. I, I'm doing this because I want to enjoy my life. And, and so many people say, well, life's not fun. Well, you know what? <laughs> yeah, well, not that's for you. The old school. Yeah, no, you're I mean, nine to five. Yeah, my mother said, well, you know, life's not supposed to be fun. Well, that's your choice. So she's miserable then, or is she just... No, uh, no, 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 she, no, no, we, no. We get a It's not she's miserable. She She's a huge supporter of what I do. Oh, that's uh, great. Yeah, huge supporter. But at the same time, it's hard because it's hard to explain Jewish women. Um, they're, <laughs> they support, but they're also nag. Yeah. The thing is, with, with uh, a conservative parent, you... You tell them what you're doing, but you don't let them in. If they okay. knew this industry, she when I first started, I used to talk comedy with her. Yeah, she's like, "You have a show tonight." I'm like, "Yeah, I'm going to show." Are they paying you? I'm like, "No, they're not paying you. Why are you doing the gigs that they don't oh, pay fuck, you?" Yeah, but people don't get it. Yeah. So now I I've come to the realization. Hey, I'm with Yuck Yucks. Da, 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 da. Are they working? Are they paying? Yeah, they're paying me. Even when I'm doing the free gigs, they they paying you? Yeah, they're paying me. Doesn't you know, that just hurt a bit? Like when you like course. you say that to anyone, like oh, I'm doing this, and their first thing is, uh, "What is that paying you? Are, are you yeah. are they are you getting paid?" But then you know, I, I kind of see where people come from, because at the end of the day, if you were to look at my life from an outsider, you're like, "Oh, there's this 35 year old dude who probably makes, and I don't care about saying this, maybe maybe fifteen thousand dollars a year, but I live." Yeah, it's a, it's not happy, but in my mind, I walk down the streets, I'm like, I'm not, I don't think I'm like famous or a rock star, Yeah. but I'm on that, that, that path of true freedom. Yeah. As, as my dogs are crying in the background. Um, <laughs> but it really is like, it's, 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 it's really cool, man. It's like, it's really badass and I'm, and I'm, I'm very, uh. I found comedy late, but but you found it. That's yeah, what I found matters. it. I could have never found it, and and I'm I'm lucky, man. But you know, look at what it's done too. Like, I mean, it's given you. <clears throat> I mean, even everything. to do something like this, this is cool. I'm glad because yeah. I no, I, this is I, I love it. I, I like doing. I like talking to people. That's that's one of the other reasons I started because I like talking to people like you. Like everything you just said is like I get that. And anyone right. who's listening to this who is any sort of creator at all gets it. What mm-hmm. you just said because that's really the only reason to do it. There's no monetary value, at least not at the beginning. Right. There's no. Uh, it's not. It's, it's oh. a thankless sort <laughs> yeah. of. Thing. Well, yeah. You yeah. know, like you even look at the. The comics that have been doing it for 30 years, they're doing okay, but they're not living in mansions or nothing yeah. like that. Yeah. The, the truth is there's success, man. It's um, Most people define it. They're wrong about what it is. Yeah. Success for me is getting off stage and having a great set. Yeah. You know, that's really what it is. Yeah. It's having a great set, letting people in. That's what success is. Yeah. And, and um, whether it was at night and... You saw me, or I'm in New York, or even last night I'm doing an open mic with. I did a show with with eight people in the crowd and had a had a solid set. That's success, because if I keep on doing that, I'm living what I'm doing, what I want to do. Well, thanks for the chat. Fuck yeah, fuck yeah, That's for awesome. sure. Okay, so that was JJ Lieberman, and we we kind of had to end the interview 
not really abruptly, but we we, we, we sort of needed to end it because he's, uh, as he said, he's a, he's a hardworking guy and he's got a lot on the go. So we ended it and we kind of agreed to maybe come back and talk uh, a bit more, maybe in a month or two, um, because, fuck, as you can tell, there's just so much there to talk about. You know, it's such a unique individual. So we're going to talk again. Um, but if you get a chance to see him doing stand-up, well, like he said, he's doing like 20 sets a week. You can find him all over the city in Toronto. If you just look him up, you'll you'll find him. Chances are it's pretty good that you'll be able to get to see him do stand-up. You can also check out, he has a podcast of his own called Fuckonomics, which he does with, with two other comics. It's very, very funny. And they basically, uh, they, they talk about current issues and they just kind of rip on the issues and they rip on each other. And, uh, and I'll put a link to that on the, uh, the Doing It website. So check that out. Uh, thanks so much, JJ. Uh, it was a real pleasure to talk to you. Um, next week on the show is kind of a cool show. I don't know if you, you remember, but episode three of the Doing It podcast, I interviewed Victoria Kutcher, and we talked about she does a monthly gathering called Actors Who Lunch, and it's just a bunch of actors getting together, having lunch together, and talking about the business, a bit of networking, uh, what are you working on, what am I working on, everything's great, everything sucks, that sort of thing. So we thought it'd be fun to actually do the podcast at an Actors Who Lunch and talk to everyone there. So that's what next week's episode is going to be. So it's going to be a whole bunch of people on the podcast at once. So it's going to be another little experimentational thing on my end, and... Uh, and yeah, so let's oh, see how it goes. Who knows? Check out the podcast on Twitter. It's at Doing It Pod. And also, of course, the website is doingitpod.com. And it's on iTunes. Please, if you go on iTunes, please write a review and, and, and put in the appropriate number of stars because it really makes a difference. And the show is doing better and better on iTunes. Again, I can't thank everyone enough for that. It, it means a lot, and it means a lot to the artists that are on the show. Until next time, remember life doesn't happen to you. Life happens through you. Thanks for listening, everybody. Well, let's go out on a little bit more J.J. Lee Rudd. I think, I think the, reason, the reason I'm like this, like I'm a pig, man. Like I've hooked up with dudes and, uh, for a long time. But I'll still hook up with a chick. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, if dude just fucked her, I will eat that pussy. Like, I will eat that pussy like it's an orange slice. <laughs> don't know me! That's my fucking life! <laughs> ew, ew, ew. I'm fucking... Ew. Whatever you guys do. <laughs> and I, I'm fucking pro-woman because if women in here swallow, that's a fucking good woman because at best come comes a fucking very neutral taste. It's like plain almond milk. Uh, at best, like plain almond milk. And generally, see? And generally, it's not like plain almond milk. It's like old, expired, get stuck in your throat almond milk. Next time, just come on my motherfucking face. Uh, anyways, guys, you're gonna love your headliner. Thanks a lot, man.